welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club, and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And I'm Holly. Woo! (laughs) And on today's episode, our topic is Fourth Wing, chapters 10 through 12. Another three under our belts, and we're so excited to recap with superfan Holly. Yes, Holly's been a long-anticipated guest. You were... (laughs) Because <laughs> you were supposed to come on Akamath, but you've been out of the country and traveling all of August. You're a hard one to nail down. And then you introduced our entire group to Fourth Wing. So I think it's only right that you make your debut. For our this first book. guest of the season. That's right. Fourth Wing is my jam. It's literally <laughs> my favorite book ever. I binge read the entire thing in like a nine hour sitting. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have literally a countdown for book two? Yes. I what? will be calling in sick. <laughs> I will not be working on November 7th. Just so you know, that is on the record now. <laughs> Wait, Sadie, I learned from Holly that for the second book that's coming out, there's a special edition that has extra chapters. Oh. No, no. Of this book. So oh. it's like a tandem release. She's releasing a special edition of Fourth Wing, and it has two additional chapters in a different character's point of view for the first time. Oh, <gasps> shit. Yeah. I love when they do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> you had to pre-order it. Don't worry, I have one. <laughs> you can borrow it. Oh, <laughs> my done. God. We'll have to do, like, a special episode oh, for yes. that or something. Yeah. Oh, my I God, know. I love that. Maybe the finale is that. That'd be sick. Because it'll already be out by the time we get there. Yeah, November 7th. We'll figure it out. Either way, can't wait for that. How exciting. Super exciting. Also, I feel like we've given a little bit of intro to Holly over the last few episodes. She ran a marathon. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like we talked about ago. that. We talked about that. It's her birthday this weekend. Ooh. We're all here celebrating. We are recording live all in person, which is always exciting. Yes. It's, I'm happy to have you guys in my home. We did lots of fall activities today. We did. We did. We did all of the Holly favorites. We brunched. We went to a pumpkin patch. We rode on. We kind of rode on a tractor. We rode, on, we rode on a, a tractor. Holly favorite. <laughs> favorite. Truly not. That is not my brand. But we're also going to learn more about Holly because, like we do with every guest, we have a quiz for them to tell us about them. That's on theme with the book. So we had our Akatar quiz. We had our Akamath mate quiz, which. I'm still mad about those results. But the one that we did for all our guests was which court are you Which in? court are you? And now we have a quiz that is which dragon are you? Which Holly pointed out is perfect timing because we're just getting to the chapters where we're learning all about the many, many kinds of dragons. And Sadie and I are very lost. I am so confused how we're expected to remember all of this. I know that I was just harping on this, but I didn't think there... Like, I didn't think that me... I didn't think I needed to memorize all their individual personalities so early. And Holly's making me very nervous that I'm like not going to portray these chapters well. But oh yeah. Also with the number of names that are being thrown at us, like they introduce like five new characters every chapter. And like, obviously we don't know who's important. And Holly before this was like, oh, you meet, you meet Liam in these chapters. And I was like, who the hell is Liam? (laughs) Two lines about Liam. I just, I just started to think that maybe like Riddick, Riddick, I think that is how you say his name. I was just starting to think that maybe he's important, but then I looked up like a, like a list of the characters that I need to worry about just so I can like be good at my job here. And he's not even on there. 
He's important enough. Okay. Like, he's okay. relevant. Worth yeah. remembering. Okay, cool. Cool. At first, when we first started, I, like, wasn't even mentioning Rhiannon's name. And then she kept coming up. And so I was like, maybe I'll start, maybe I'll start bringing her up. I feel like she's a key character. She's inner circle, I would say. <laughs> that's, like, that's the pros of having guests on this season, especially because Sadie and I both haven't read the books. Yeah. It's honestly, we need you guys to like. Let you know. We do. And we, and everyone's so obsessed with fourth wing that we just have so many takers. So expect lots of guests this season. I'm sure people who have read the whole book listen to our podcast and they're like, why aren't they mentioning this very important person or like this very important detail? But yeah, they're probably screaming at their car stereos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But let's, um, let's get into our quiz because I'm actually really excited to see the results. Okay, so Holly, I'm going to interview you. Oh Are gosh. you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question is, how do you handle conflict? Options are, face it head on, ready for a fight, try to avoid if possible, but will stand my ground if necessary. I'm ruthless and use my intelligence <laughs> to navigate through it. I'm patient and wait for the right moment. Or I'm quick to anger and quite ferocious. Oh my gosh, <laughs> not very ferocious. Um, I'm going to go, I face it head on. I think you do too. Yeah, you know me. That feels on brand. Okay, what's your preferred environment? The thrill of a thunderstorm. (laughs) The calm and peace of a sunny day. You feel at home when you read on a rainy, dark afternoon. You thrive in smart conversations with friends. Why is some about the weather and some about... Yeah, there's some range here. Or you're comfortable in a tense and challenging environment. Oh my gosh. I don't know, guys. This is a big range. Uh... I guess I'm going to go sunny day. Okay. How would your friends describe you? The most cunning, calm and honorable, ruthless and intelligent, (laughs) cool-headed and witty, quick-tempered but reliable. Okay, you guys are my friends. How would you describe me? Where are the options? These are hard options. Cunning, calm and honorable, ruthless and intelligent, (laughs) cool-headed and witty, Quick-tempered but reliable. This is hard. This is kind of hard because they're like double-barreled. Like there's two sides to this. Like calm and honorable? Holly's not calm. I'm not calm. I got nothing calm. (laughs) I mean called out, but but okay. But like some of the words, I'm like, oh, maybe that one, but not the other one. I don't want to be ruthless. Yikes. You're not ruthless, but you are intelligent. And you're reliable. But, but you're not quick-tempered. And I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm witty. You are witty. I would not say cool-headed or just cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess. I feel, like, I feel like the first one. The most know. cunning? No, is that too? The most is a bit dramatic. You are the very... You, you know what? Cunning has like a negative or could be taken negatively. But Holly's who I call whenever I need to interview prep. Because you're very good at like strategy. I feel like this is very Scorpio oh. answer. You're oh. very stri- you're very good at strategy. Wait, so what is the answer? Cunning. I think that's where we go. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, it didn't have two words. It was just no, cunning. Just the cunning. most cunning. Well, that's fit. Oh. That's yeah. Okay, your greatest strength. <laughs> First one, <laughs> your cunning nature. Oh, hi. <laughs> your honor and calm demeanor. Okay. Your intelligence and ruthlessness. Your wits help you make strategic decisions. That's it. That's, that's it. the one. Okay, your greatest weakness. 
too aggressive, you can be too passive, you can be too secretive, can overthink yeah, things, yeah, that's you. Yeah, easy. Okay, how do you approach a challenge? Born ready, let's do this. Approach it calmly. You're ruthless until you come <laughs> on top. You're usually on defense. You approach it with a quick temper, ready to fight your way through it. I don't know. Um, hmm. I think I feel like you approach challenges calmly because you like you can think Thank through things. Thank you. This okay, is I where will, I, I said calm from. <laughs> I don't feel like you're flying off the handle. I'll, I'll take but that But I one. think it's because you like can think th- through things so clearly. Um, what's your leadership style? You lead with power and, and you're the most cunning. We're they really a lot of cunning. Cunning is a You lead here. with honor and calmness. They just use like the same question. Yeah, different things. Yeah. You use your intelligence to guide your team. You lead with a composed disposition and are reasonable. You lead with a quick temper, pushing your team to their limits. Um, hmm. Probably the first one. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. Okay. How do you handle loss? I will probably die with them. Yeah, these questions are intense. (laughs) Okay, how do you handle loss? I'll probably die with them. Even the thought of it makes me too sad. I'll be seeking revenge. I handle it by remembering the fallen and learning from the loss. I handle it with a quick temper vowing to avenge the fallen. I, I... I feel like I'm probably going to die with them, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last two questions. What kind of friend are you? The protector, always ready to defend your friends. Calm and reliable reliable one, always there when your friends need you. Mysterious one, always surprising my friends. Unpredictable one and a touch cruel. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the witty one, always making my friends laugh. Or the passionate one, always full of energy and ready for adventure. Probably the last one. I think that one too. Yeah. You are always down for an adventure. You're like the biggest um, yes woman. Yeah. To my okay. Own. Last question. You're going to a party. Oh man. Your outfit Let's is go. elegant and regal, joyful and colorful, <laughs> powerful and mysterious, refreshing and calm, or passionate and bold. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a lot of my fashion choices here. Um, let's go joyful and colorful. Okay, I'm so excited. I'm nervous. I know all these dragons. So it's the the little the little little gold gal. <gasps> Holly, will you describe it for us? Oh, I'm yeah. I'm scared to look at it because I don't want anything to be spoiled. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the name because that's important. But it says um, the joyful and fearless feathertail dragon hates violence, possesses special gifts. Um, you are destined for a life filled with peace, joy, and loyalty. Her unwavering loyalty to her bonded rider reflects a deep sense of trust and friendship. I feel like that's spot on. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is as good as it gets. This is a high compliment. Um... That okay, I love that you got the little golden dragon because that one actually like is important in these chapters. And right, I actually, it actually we meet this one. Yeah, okay, that was perfect. Also, that was I, not planned. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I fucking obviously it's obvious that dragon will be important, but I fucking knew it was gonna be important. Oh god, I just hit my mic. But I knew it was gonna be important. Everyone was throwing so much shade at the poor little baby. Yeah, that's kind of like Violet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was so fun. I'm going to post that quiz on our Instagram story after this comes out. Everyone can take it and let us know what dragons you are. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> but don't because they're going to say the names. Okay, then just do Wait it for fun. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it for next 
me. Get me ready. Yeah. Just do it for fun on your own time. What, I want to know what dragons you guys are. After. I thought it was going to say like the the breed or breed, whatever. Yeah, not the specific name of the dragon. Holly, you're so special. You're the little golden dragon. I know. <laughs> so teeny. <laughs> you are so teeny. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Should we get into it? Yes, I think we should get into it. Chapter 10, interesting intro quote. Will you do us the honors? Oh, sure. Okay, the intro quote is from Brennan's book, and it says, Don't underestimate the challenge of the gauntlet, Mira. It's designed to test your balance, strength, and agility. The times don't matter for shit, only that you make it to the top. Reach for the ropes when you have to. Coming in last is better than coming in dead. Mm-mm-mm. So this is important because I think that clearly, and we kind of learn this immediately, is like people are very concerned with their time getting mm-hmm. through the gauntlet. And Brennan's advice is like, the, there really is no perk to it. You just need to get through it, which I think is important for Violet. And I think um, that's like reinforced by Sawyer who went through this last year where he's Mm -hmm. like, it's much better to finish than like, don't worry about your time. Like people who made it up so fast went unbonded. People who were the last up were bonded. So like people who've actually been through it are saying your time does not matter. Right. Yeah. So the chapter opens with Rhiannon. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Okay. Rhiannon, Violet, and another cadet, Aureli? Aureli? Oh, yeah, that one's a hard one, too. It's I'm like going with Oriel or Orielli. I mean, it's I.E. at the end. Orielli, mm. Orielli. <laughs> um, so the three of them are looking up at the gauntlet, the obstacle course that they must go through so that the dragons can observe them on presentation day before threshing. So I already forgot how we decided we were going to say it. Orielli. <laughs> 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 Points to, so there's like a lot of discussion about, you know, the obstacles and everything or the ascents that they call them. Um, she, but she points out three foot, three foot wide logs that are jutting out from the side of a clip cliff and warns them that they spin. So you have to move your feet fast. Um, which I immediately noted though, that fast seems like the opposite advice that Brennan just gave in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone at this school just is constantly trying to show like how like they're like the strongest. Yeah. So they just like want to be the fastest, even though there's no perks just to not be seen as weak. Yeah. Well, Aureli, it sounds like kind of like grew up knowing she's going to be a rider. Her dad used to make obstacle courses for them so that they could practice and stuff like that. So she's like kind of hype for the gauntlet. But but yeah, it's, I guess if the faster you are, like the, the faster squads get to go be presented first. So in a lot of their minds, it's better to be presented first so that the dragons see you first and kind of pick you before they see the rest. But that do, that's not actually how like it works and which is what Sawyer was saying. Yeah, they think it's like all based on physical strength, which is obviously important, but like I think a huge part of it is also your character and like who you are. And that's why they tell them that like chatter is important, which yes, we get to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Holly, I don't, I mean, I guess we might find this out next week, but I'm a little bit confused about how the like picking process works because they, they have that class where they teach you how to like approach a dragon. Mm-hmm. So 
do you do cadets like go up to dragons that they want and see if the dragon will bond with them or like what can you can you tell me or it's wild the next chapter is you better hang on for okay but you like it is abundantly obvious when you found your dragon like okay. it's a connection oh, okay. okay yeah it's okay. like comparative to like a mate if you will like, okay. Uh, okay yeah okay that makes Good sense to know. okay so hand-to-hand ch- challenges like on the mat which violet was poisoning everyone for are on hold for the next two and a half weeks before presentation so that they can focus only on the gauntlet so the professor lines up each of the cadets in violet's squad in order of who will get to practice first and he says you're the only squad to remain intact since parapet. That's incredible. Your squad leader must be very proud. Which someone's about to die. That's what yeah. I <laughs> Obvious foreshadowing. Really, really cues up their downfall. Um, so I always pronounce Dane's last name Aitos. Aitos. Is that what you do? Mm, I've never said it out loud. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, Tynan, Tynan, I think his name is another cadet. In Violet's squad says, Aetos is especially proud of Soringale, which infuriates Violet. And the cadets start fighting, some defending Violet, some on his side. But they explain that she's not sleeping with him. They're just childhood friends because Dane's father is her mom's aide, which is news to Tynan, who was told a different story from Jack Harlow. We hate him. (laughs) Also, we call him Harlow, not Barlow, because Mm. obviously. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one of the cadets defending Violet is Riddick, which I feel like he's he becomes kind of one of her good friends throughout these next three chapters, it seems. But um but I, I I only bring up this part of the scene because Riddick says, You're lucky Aedos isn't here to tie in and and uh Violet in this moment thinks true, Dane would give him clean up cleanup duty for a month if he heard the accusations his cadets were making. I wait, go ahead. Sorry. But then she thinks Zayden would just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Which I think there's like something to that, right? Like are you using are you hiding behind like your authority? Or are you, like, just, like, physically strong and, like, going to deal with it yourself? So, like, in my head, or when I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, Zayden, he's, like, a badass. That's so hot. He would just handle his business. But in life, I want Dan. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't need, like, physical altercations. Like, if if any time someone just, like, talked a little shit, John, like, started fucking fighting them, I'd be like, no. We were saying this today at brunch, actually. We are talking about... You said, like, you have to, when you start dating someone, you have to, like, go out drinking with them to see how they are when they're drinking because you don't Mm -hmm. want a guy who's, like, super angry or confrontational or the guy who tries to, like, fight everyone. Mm -hmm. No one wants that. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. I feel like it's more about, like, are you hiding from your problems and, like, misusing your power? Totally. Or are you dealing with it head on? I mean, I agree that in the context of fourth wing, the way Zayden handles things is the better thing. But in life, not yeah. <laughs> I also liked how in this section, or I just thought it was funny how um, they were teasing her about Dane and she was like almost more annoyed that she's getting accused for sleeping with him and she's not actually getting the benefits of sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, if they're going to say, if they're going to say I'm sleeping with him, I wish he would actually just sleep with me. <laughs> oh my God. I do love how like, how how vocal she is about her sexuality, you know? I mean, it's fun. 
So, okay, so the professor resumes direction and calls up the first cadet. Um, he waves his hand and all the obstacles are a sense like start spinning or shaking or like I, it's really giving. Um, what is that show? Wipeout. Yeah, I literally wrote that down. Sadie. I wrote that down. Wipeout. Yeah. Do you oh remember, especially um, some at some point in the obstacle course, there's like those they have to get over like big balls wrecking balls <laughs> wrecking balls yeah. and on wipeout they had those big red balls that you have to like jump Bounce over <laughs> is that what you envisioned <laughs> that's like the first thing that came to my mind i pictured miley cyrus wrecking balls i'm like yes. sit on top yeah. of that thing and <laughs> go swing like a wrecking ball yeah <laughs> um okay so but what actually what killed me in this moment is uh the, one of the cadets points to like a perfectly good set of stairs going up right beside the gauntlet. And the professor's like, no, those are only used for after presentation once you've passed the gauntlet. And I'm just like, they're truly just trying to kill people. Like, that's all they care about. But anyway. So first up is Sawyer. So he's the second year who is repeat. We've mentioned him, but he's repeating his first year because he didn't bond. Um, he kind of shows them how it's done gets all the way up to the top of the obstacle course flawlessly flawlessly uh the very last obstacle is an almost vertical ramp it's like a chimney mm-hmm. and um when he when he over he overcomes it by running up three-fourths and then jumping and grabbing the lip to pull himself over um but violet immediately realizes like she's way too short to do that if she runs full force she can't get three fourths and be able to reach the top to do to execute the same way that Sawyer did. So that will that will be her obstacle. That's just not fair. Like that she physically like she physically is too short. But to it do is it. because yeah. if it's designed to be the height of a dragon. Yeah. yeah. So she, you need to be able to get over and that concern and, and that concerns me. Yes. But yeah. luckily there's a little tiny golden <laughs> dragon. <laughs> her size, miniature. <laughs> Um, okay, so the rest of the cadets are off, like, in 60-second intervals. The cadet Tynan, who was previously mocking Violet, saying there's no way she's going to be able to do it. She's too short. She's too weak. Um, he gets stuck on what we were just talking about, what I'm picturing as giant wrecking balls. And he's just, and he has to get a hold of a rope and just climb down. Humbled. Humbled. Weakling. Um, so Rhiannon, of course, is doing great. She's like, has some smart maneuvers that Violet's kind of taking note of so note of so that she can replicate. And then it's Violet's turn. So she gets through each obstacle step by step, reciting information about dragons to calm herself, which I guess was important. I didn't write down. Um, but I'm confident. <laughs> I'm confident Rebecca Yaros will remind me. But can you can you remind me now? Yeah, Holly? I can. I can give you a little. A give little... us just read off the quotes. Um, so one, I just think this is like such a clever thing that Rebecca does because yes. she's essentially like world building in a way that makes sense in the story. Yeah. Um, and it's like actually interesting because mm-hmm. she's like giving us all these facts about the world without it being, like, and it will be like fact dumping. It's basically the same as what she did on the parapet where it's like yes. fact, fact, jump, yeah. fact, fact, <laughs> swing, yeah. fact, fact, cartwheel. <laughs> yeah. And I like it because it doesn't feel too forced because now that, well, actually in the first like chapter when she was crossing the parapet, I thought it did seem a little forced. I was like, why is she reciting history right now? But now that we know more about her and that she wanted to be a scribe and she has like the brain of a scribe to keep saying that like yeah. it does make sense that like reciting like facts and what she knows Calms like her grounds her in this world where she's so out of place and right. like feels so 
like a fish out of water. And I totally. think it just shows how she's different than the rest yeah. of the cadets. Like she's, this is not natural for her. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like the two sides of her personality. Right. But what we learn here is that feathertail dragons, so that would be the little gold one, they hate violence. And that's really why they typically are like not viewed as suitable for bonding because they like aren't viewed as wanting to go. This is to the feather tail. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're so we don't really know much about them, they say, because they don't come out to bond. They hate violence. Like they're not trying to defend oh, the territory or go to war. Gotcha. Wait, that just triggered something in my brain because I made a previous prediction, Holly, which I still like don't even think is right, but I made it, so I'm gonna run with it. That um Violet Violet's gonna have a healer power. And if the, if the yeah. golden dragon hates violence, maybe that tracks. Like yeah. it's coming to bond with her because she's like healing people instead of like a violent signet or like a powerful signet like like other people have. I don't know. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> Good job. Um, Good job controlling. Yes, <laughs> you will learn more about people who do have that signet. Um, like, I don't know how deep we are in terms of learning other people's signets, but like no. it actually is viewed as like, one of the most top tier. Yeah. yeah. So that was, it was on one of the quotes where it said like healing is an underappreciated signet because it's so rare yeah. and so valuable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'll have to see if that's hers. I will. Yeah. I guess I'll have to, have to see. I said <laughs> it's going to be one that has never been made, like no one's ever had before. Who knows? <laughs> all good questions. <laughs> Maybe you should do what signet quiz do you have next? Ooh, Ooh, that would be good. That would be good. I love that. It's really fun when people start getting them, but I've gotten so off topic and I'm ready to go back to my next dragon. Okay. <laughs> um, so green dragons, which we know her sister has a green dragon, are known for their keen intellect um, and they are the most rational. And so they're viewed as like really good uh, siege, siege weapons, especially specifically the club tail. So I think there's like different like subsects or like types of dragons within even the um, different colors. But you learn like green, very rational, reasonable, which is important later um, during the like presentation. And then also, oh, yeah, 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 because yeah. those are two green though. dragons. Yeah. See? It is important mm. to know your colors. And then they were being rational. Yeah. They weren't just moment. automatically killing her because yeah. she was, like, a little bit different. Like, they were willing to hear her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that, everyone. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> and then last, I think this is the last one we learn about right now, um, but orange dragons are the most unpredictable and they're risky because of that. They're not necessarily as reliable as some of the others. So, like, I think you learn more about dragons as you go, but right there, you kind of got some of the key categories. But feather tail, feather tail is not a color, so there could be, you could, could you have like a green feather tail? I think, well, the, I don't know, but I think so. Like, like, I think that's like what I was saying. Like, there's subsects within yeah. just even the colors, like how yeah. they're saying the club uh-huh. tail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a green dragon, but. Yeah. More than that, it's also like club tail. So we don't know anything about like golden dragons. It's like the nah, subset. I don't think so. Okay. Like I don't think we ever really. But I bet you it's kind of like most green dragons have this kind of tail. So that's why you can generally call them. Well, that's why when they're walking down through presentation, I think it's Tynan who's like, I can't even see their tails. Yes. How am I yeah. supposed to know who to bond with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can do this. Okay. 
Thank anyway. you, Holly. Yeah, that was, that was so helpful. Um, our dragon expert. Well, I also, I also always felt like this with our other seasons where I would like read stuff and then like recapping helps. It does help. It you helps know, so like you being an expert here, I'm like, I'm, I am no dragon expert, guys. <laughs> our dragon correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But I do think it's cool, as you see in the next chapters, like who bonds with who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you even just remember like the basics, basics. you know about the colors. It's yeah. like, oh, like that adds up. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited to see who bonds with who. Oh, I know. I'm so me excited too. for you. Me too. So wait, one more question. I don't, I feel like we've learned about blue. Mm, did we because that's zayden's dragon yes oh they're very violent right like the most ruthless most ruthless Mm -hmm. and then the black one we also talked briefly about black ones but that was a black feather tail oh yeah okay well yeah they didn't even know the golden one existed well and then they thought the feather the black feather tail was the only one violet's mom has a brown dragon too so like as you go okay okay She's like, keep some notes. I'm not going to give you anything more. But okay, yeah. but now I know. I'm going to write down all the info. Okay, so. All right, so Violet's, you know, working her way up, all these scents. She is on the obstacle, which I was having a really hard time picturing what this was. Me too. But it seemed like what I imagine as almost like bar, metal bars, like what you would have on the Olympics uneven bars, but then they have like chains. So they're hanging. So you're like more like swinging on them. Yeah. And you have to like monkey bar your way. Monkey bar through them. Across. Yeah. yeah. So she, um, she has, she's like kind of walking with her hands down them and trying to swing them to grab onto the next bar. And when she's swinging to it, her, her right hand like loses its grip. And so her weight kind of like swings her way harder into the mountainside and she like slams her face into a rock. So her kind of knocks her out a little bit. Her vision goes blurry. She is ringing in her ears and she has to grab the rope next to her. So they are ropes for practice or to like save yourself <laughs> if you're falling. There's like ropes hanging next to each of the obstacles so you can like kind of like catch yourself so you don't fall to your death. But in practice, it's fine to use those, but like you're really not supposed to use them, um, which I don't think I mentioned when Tynan climbed down. But so she like kind of grabs the rope to kind of regain her vision and everything. And then she gets back on to the metal bar. She's at one point thinking, though, like maybe I should climb back down. But she has the thought she really is like good at the positive affirmations. She says, I've survived seven weeks in this damn quadrant and this course isn't going to beat me today. And she swings herself back over and quickly climbs herself across, making it to the landing before the next ascent. Very exciting. You know, it also, when I was reading this, I again was like, why did the mom make her do this? Like, her mom knows how much of a barrier it will be, her height, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she won't be able to climb up onto a dragon, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, her mom knows that and knows how hard it was going to be for her. Like, literally because of her size. like something she cannot change and still made her do this. There's a lot of theories on that. And, like, you never really get the answer, so this is oh. not a spoiler. But... Like, it's definitely something worth contemplating. Like, why did her mom send her here? Like, the rest of her class has been training their whole life. And in a lot of ways, she was kind of set up for failure. Like, she's she was at this, like, three months. It was thrown on her last minute. Like, why did her mom send that? 
And like, what does that say about her mom? Good or bad? It, yeah. We, we've been, we've been noodling on like, if the mom's going to be a big villain or not, like we can't tell because there was a quote that showed that her mom, what isn't like as ruthless as the other, the leader general guy, Melgren. Yeah. And um, I mean, all the way in the back, like even when um, her mom was talking to her sister, she was like, Violet deals with more pain in one day than you've ever experienced. Like, if any of my children can survive the rider squadron, it's her. It's like, that's kind of a supportive thing to say. But then again, like, she didn't have the training or resources or, like, physical body type to be successful here. So... Well, what I what I said was, I think that obviously, like, a high point in the war is coming. Something big is obviously coming. And I think that she wanted Violet to be able to defend herself. And I said she knew a war was coming. So maybe she thought the writers needed more people or something like that. But now that I say that out loud, I don't like that theory anymore though. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll develop more theories as you yeah. keep reading. Cause you start to learn like different things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never get, like, a straight answer. But there's a lot of speculation. But maybe we will. There's only one book out. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get a straight answer. Catch yeah. me on November 7th. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So at this point, because of her delay with that, another cadet has caught up to her, Arelli. And she's cheering Violet on. Um, you can she, Violet says you can tell she's having a blast, which kind of makes Violet's like, you're fucking crazy, but can't help but smile just, like, out of her pure joy. Um, so Aureli tells her for the next op- obstacle, which is the three spinning um, or the three foot thick logs that are like spinning. She's like, you have to just run straight across it. It's a um, she says, if you pause, you'll fall. And it's a 30 foot fall to rocks. So Violet takes a deep breath. She takes a few, you know, warm up jumps and then just runs across success. Aureli is right behind her. Until she isn't. Hmm. So a dragon flies above them, which catches Violet's attention. Um, but she snapped back to reality when Aureli cries. And she turns around just in time to see Aureli slip and fall. Uh, the quote is, our eyes meet, shock and terror filling her wide black eyes as the post rolls her way. And she falls halfway down the cliff. I liked Aureli. <laughs> <laughs> For the two minutes you know her. <laughs> she was a great gal. <laughs> I liked her because she helped Violet. Yeah, she, was, yeah. she was a team player. I remember there was one scene in the classroom, like the first classroom scene where Jack Harlow or someone's being mean to Violet and she's like, don't be mean to your own squad mate. Like she was a team player yeah. and there's there are few and far between. So I had noted that and I liked her loyalty and I'm sad that she died. Me too. Me too. But I also like... We said it. It was inevitable, right? Yeah, like, they were like, you, everyone in your squad has survived. Like, of course not. That means someone's dying today. Of course it can't be. What's his face? What's his name? The evil guy with the T. Oh, Harlow? Jack Harlow? No. The evil guy with the T? Oh, he's... Tynan. Tynan. Yes. Oh. Tynan. Oh, yeah, yeah. His time will come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what um, So, the next morning... Aureli's name is read off the death toll as just another casualty. The way they deal with death is very interesting. I know. And it doesn't seem like everyone particularly likes it. No. So I don't know why they do it, but what, what do you mean specifically by that? Just that there's 
I don't know. There's so much death. There's no grief. There's no grief, but they are like people do form like friendships and like relationships with each other, like clearly throughout and like pain, get attached to each pain other. Pain brings people together. Yeah. And the, just the way they do it seems extremely unnatural. Like for all these parents to like, just like be okay with losing their kids and just like not even being there for a few, they can't host a funeral. They can't like, they don't get any of their belongings. They just get a name read to like their classmates and that's it. It just, it feels like an unnatural way to function in society. I don't know. I think death is just such a large part of the society. Yeah. yeah. But I agree with you. Yeah. Let's have a moment of silence for her, really. (laughs) (laughs) She deserved better. She does. So the chapter cuts to Dane and Vi talking about Aureli. Apparently, when someone dies, like we were just talking about, the family has the option to claim the body and their things so they can perform their own burning ritual, or the school will do it themselves. As Aureli's family has chosen the latter, which is just... Like, I can't reconcile a family whose father jokingly set up obstacles for them to practice and have fun at. And like, it seemed like a positive experience for Aureli. That same family is then not even coming to like reclaim her body. Yes, that's what I mean. It's so odd to me too. Maybe they're just like, you know, she died for a good cause in the writer, trying to be a writer, like a noble way to go out. I don't know. Or she like didn't live up to the family name. Right. Because she didn't make it. And they're all writers. Disgusting. Um, so Violet insists on doing it since she, Violet was the last person she saw or really saw before she died. It's also just like her character. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So Dane comforts her hand clasped around her neck, offering to go with her, feeling guilty he wasn't there as the squad leader. He asks Vi if she, if she ever made it to the top. Um, which when I was writing that, I kind of jumped to that sentence. They, they have a long conversation about Aureli and he feels horrible whatever. Um, but she insists that she's going to do it alone. And then he's like, I forgot to ask, did you ever even make it to the top? And Violet says that she could not make it past the chimney formation too short for the ramp as she expected. So she took the rope back down. So I was getting a little bit confused, but the chimney is the second to last ascent. Yes. The ramp is the last. Yes. Okay. I was getting confused. Yeah. So the chimney's her downfall, though. That's where she can't get up. Well, right the now. ramp too. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she, she knows even, she even made it. She hasn't even ramp tried yet. the yes. ramp, but she so knows she's, she's too short for the ramp. Yes, it's okay. psychological. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So the scene then cuts to Violet throwing Aureli's things into the big. It's it's it gets giving like the Owlry in Harry Potter, but it's a big fire pit, and they just kind of like throw all of her things in there. Um, and she's walking back down, just questioning. She kind of like looks out over the campus and is walking back down, just like questioning everything and why she's there and if she can do this. And she thinks it's almost been two months, and I'm still here. St- Still waking every morning to the sunrise. Doesn't that mean something? Isn't there a chance, no matter how small, that I might just be enough to make it through threshing? That I might just belong here? Love that for her. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so as she walks back through the courtyard, she is caught off guard when the door to the gauntlet swings open and, and in walks in Zayden Garrick, who I've decided is an important character. He is the, so Dane is the squad leader mm-hmm. of a Violet squad. Garrick is the section leader of a Violet squad, which I think there's three squads within a section. Mm-hmm. And then Zayden is the wing leader. So it's like, Zayden top, then Garrick, then Dane. I think it's interesting they allowed two leaders to be rebels in the same chain of command. They must rebels have proven rebels children. children. Yes. Yes. But so don't make rebels. assumptions. Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> so in walks Zayden Garrick. And so he was also the guy who was defending Violet when she was wa- when she wa- watched over their meeting at the tree mm-hmm. when Imog- Imogen or Imogene or whatever was talking shit about Violet. Garrick was kind of defending her like she was forced here too. blah, 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 whatever. So anyway, so Zayden Garrick, let me get to the third person, Bodie, which is Zayden's cousin, also a delightful Indianapolis restaurant. (laughs) 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 I couldn't help myself. Okay. But (laughs) so then three walk in, which is the legal limit within the legal limit. Um, And Violet's hiding in the shadows, real secretive. Okay. Um, the com- shadows. He commands the shadows. He Violet. commands the shadows. Yeah. Might as well just step the out. Shadows. Yeah. yeah, they follow her, don't they? What? Oh, is he is he watching her via shadows? I don't know. Is that is why he's he? already obsessed with her? What do you mean he? They follow her. There's shadows everywhere. Mm. <laughs> she naturally them a lot, naturally in life. Okay, well now I guess I have to keep keep note. That's an interesting note, Holly. That's an interesting note. Okay. I'm intrigued. I am so intrigued. You might want to go back and look at the, when she's hiding in the tree, how she's able to stay there. The shadows conceal her. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So he hid them from, he hid her from everyone. Would he do that? (laughs) You're saying, you're saying so many cryptic things. I just need to keep reading. Oh my god. Okay, that, okay. that that really is making Spicy. me think. Yeah. Okay. I was saying like he must know things about her because he's like the whole fighting thing and like the overly like sexual nature of like him pinning her to the ground and all that no, stuff. No, well, let me tell Holly what my prediction was from last episode because it hasn't come out yet is that I think that Z- I think that Zayden is going to be obviously like reigniting the rebellion. And I think Brennan was in on it. And yeah, I think that Brennan about. and Zayden were going to work. Yeah, don't have a reaction. I think Bre- Brennan and Zayden were in on it together. And so Zayden knows Violet's character from Brennan. Like he knows that she could be a tool in it. And so I think, I think. And I think I like that. I think the brother, clearly there's something. There. I think him and Zayden were for sure yeah. friends. Yeah. And that maybe that's why what's his face fucking died to save him because he was going to like lead the rebellion. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting <sighs> no, we're theory. Fine. We're good. Keep going. Okay. So yeah. Do you like that? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Look for more evidence. Yeah. Yeah. For or against that. For or against it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We need to start paying like a special attention to like Brennan's advice in the books yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Bodie 
what where it picks up so she's hiding in the shadows which apparently you know maybe i guess zayden's hiding her fort i don't know <laughs> what the fuck but uh, uh because she sees people coming from training which is like super surprising because it's so close to curfew she's like why would they be, have been at training and Bodhi's like arguing he's like there has to be something more we can do and garrick's like we're doing everything we can i guess i thought what if, well, based on what holly just said about Zayden hiding her in the tree. Maybe he wanted her to see the rebel meeting because he wants her to like lure her yeah. into the rebels. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> A little recruitment session. He needs her to come naturally because if she if he just approaches her, he he she would freak out yeah he's easing her and he's like we're not that scary you know we stick up for each other yeah but it's an interesting like thought because everyone else at the school views her as like such an underdog right now no like she's weak she's tiny she's scrawny but brennan brennan let him in on something brennan knows brennan knows he did so what do we think about mira i think mira's a bad side i think i think she's i think she's I think but she's got a rational dragon. Yeah, and rational means rules. Oh, fair. <laughs> rational does mean rules. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Okay, keep going, because okay. we got to finish this first chapter. I, I got it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got it. The first chapter is the longest one, but, um, and we also, like, I need this to be done so that I can read. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so Zayden, they're kind of arguing, and Zayden just kind of stops in his tracks. He knows Violet's there. Uh, go on, I'll meet you inside, Zayden tells their group, and they leave him. When they leave, Zayden turns and looks directly where Violet's standing. And when I, every time Zayden's here, there's so much dialogue, obviously, that I just feel like I almost have to go word for word because everything Zayden says just seems important. So, and like revealing of his true character. So he turns and looks directly where Violet's standing. And she says, I know you know I'm here and please don't prattle on about commanding the dark. I'm not in the mood tonight. And he says, no questions about where I've been. And Violet's like, I honestly don't care. And he's like, you, you really don't, don't you, do you? And he's, and I always mess up the execution of these lines. I want to be cool like Zayden. I'm just not. <laughs> um, so he then asks her, what are you doing out after curfew? And she says, debating on run, running away. And he's like, same, very sarcastically. But Violet, annoyed, asks him if he's going to kill her or not. And if she, if he could decide soon so she could make her plans for the week. She says, I just need to know what my chances are here. And Zayden says, that's the oddest way I've ever been hit on. <laughs> and Violet says, not my chances with you, you conceited prick. She tries to storm off past him, but he grabs her wrist and pulls her close to him, her shoulder brushing against his bicep. Chances, chances at what? And he asks her multiple times. His pheromones like really, really pulling Violet in. His pheromones. I mean, the they basically said that. Um, but then Violet like basically emotionally dumps on him here. She tells him she doesn't know what her chances are of making it through this place. She can't even make it up the gauntlet. And the biggest problem with this place is hope. She says, and now I'm quoting, someone like you would never get it, but I knew coming here was a death sentence. It didn't matter that I've been trained my entire life to enter the scribe quadrant. When General Sorengale gives an order, you can't exactly ignore it. I knew what the odds were and I came anyway, concentrating on that tiny percentage of a chance that I would live. And then I made it almost two months and I get hopeful. 
And he, there's like some back and forth, but he says, I see you. Or he's like, I, I see now. Then you lose a squad mate and you can't quite get up the chimney and you give up. I'm starting to see. It's not a flattering picture, but if you want to run off to be, a, to run off to the squad, this is the most critical line. This is the most critical line. It's not a flattering pic. This is Zayden. It's not a flattering picture, but if you want to run off to the scribe quadrant and Violet's like, the fuck? How does he know that I've been considering that? Um, Zayden, Zayden smiles. <laughs> he says, I know everything that goes on here. Shadows, remember, they hear everything, see everything, conceal everything. And at this moment, he's giving restand. Darkness swirls around them and the rest of the world disappears. He says to her, hope is a fickle, dangerous thing. You're supposed to focus on the things that can kill you so you can find ways not to die. I can barely count the number of people in this quadrant who want who want you dead either as revenge against your mother or because you're just really good at pissing people off, but you're still here defying the odds. It's been rather surprising to watch actually. And Violet can almost feel the darkness like caressing her cheek. That is so recent. It is so <laughs> recent. Um, but she swings around and storms away, not wanting to be his source of amusement. Um, he follows her and says, among other things, maybe if you stopped sulking in your self-pity, you see that you have everything you need to scale the gauntlet. And she's like, I'm too short. And he's like, <laughs> and the chapter ends with Zayden saying, the right way isn't the only way. Figure it out. The right way isn't the only way. I was trying to see if that like uh, foreshadows the, the rebels. Of course yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. The right way, meaning the rules, isn't the only way yeah. to live. Yeah. He is the rebel leader. <laughs> he is. Maybe. I think he was co-captain with Brennan. Um, Holly, I have a question for you. Yes. Does Zayden keep calling her violence throughout the rest of the book? Because I can't take it. Times okay. And I hate it. So he does. But I have <laughs> a theory, not confirmed. I feel like he does that to empower her. Because she's mm. viewed as, like, so scrawny, so weak, so not capable of being there. Like, I don't necessarily think it's, like, a term of a jab. I don't think it's a jab. Like, I think it's, like, trying Oh, to- I don't think it's a jab. I think it's, like, a pet name, and I don't like it, but it's, well, like, it's not little, cute. It gives, like, it gives a little ick. It yeah. Does, it does give me an ick. That's one of the things I just block out. Yeah, I, I do too. It. I just scroll by. <laughs> but I think it came from good intentions, question mark. No, I like that. That makes me like it just a tad more, but I still don't like it. You did skip over one thing oh, that okay. I think matters. Okay. And that's at the end of the chapter when he says people die, he said slowly, it's going to happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like him oh. just acknowledging that, like I think it like highlights that he like understands the emotional turmoil and like why she's kind of having like a moment here. Because mm-hmm. she just watched like a friend die. Yeah. Her, like one yeah. of the first times someone she really actually knew. And she's clearly struggling. And like he recognizes and acknowledges that. Whereas like Dane's like, go burn her stuff. You got it, buddy. Yeah. And he kind of also says what I skipped over. But he kind of also says that him not killing her kind of reminds him, like keeps him feeling like he thinks he's... It makes him feel like he's a decent person. Yes, I wrote that down too. I thought that was a really interesting thing to say. That it's like, he says, I, yeah, 
Every day I let you live, I get to convince myself that there's still a part of me that's still a decent person. And he says, you're the scale I currently judge myself against every night. But I think he means because like he to other people and I don't know what goes on in his mind, but like he has every reason to kill her or like everyone expects him to. And he's not, which he thinks is like making like reminds him that he's still a good person, even when he has to, you know, act like Mr. Tough Guy and over and over again every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting deep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's get right into chapter 11 because yeah, we've been chatty. Oh, please. My time to shine. Okay. The quote. The quote is, it is a grave offense against Moloch to keep the belongings of a dead loved one. They belong in the beyond with the God of death and the departed in the absence of a proper temple. Any fire will do. He who does not burn for Malik will be burned by Malik. So my prediction is that someone finds out that she has Brennan's book. Mm. But like it doesn't happen in this chapter, which I always thought that the quotes related to this chapter. It like definitely always relates to the chapter. It makes but. me feel a little tense that she's like relying on this book that she's not supposed to have. <laughs> yeah, same. Especially when we get to the part where they like try to say she's cheating. I'm like, oh God. Oh God. Um, okay. So getting into chapter 11, it opens with Rhiannon and Violet trying to figure out what she can do to get over the chimney. Um, so presentation is tomorrow and she has yet to get over it in her like nine tries, um, during practice. Violet thinks to herself that if she's going to run to the scribe quadrant, she'll, it would have to be tonight. Um, but she knows that while she might not survive, if she stays, she won't be able to live with herself with the thought of never knowing if she's good enough to make it. So she's just like basically fully in. Yeah. And I'm glad that now that she's been presented to the dragons and stuff, Dane can finally stop suggesting that she leave. I was so over that. Yeah. We have our last scene of that right (laughs) now. So the chapter skips to presentation day. It's one of the most deadly days for first years. On their way to the gauntlet, they learn there are 171 cadets left with only 100 dragons willing to bond, which is crazy. That's almost 50% not going to bond. Um, So Dane won't look at her the whole morning. Pissed, she decided not to run away. They approach the gauntlet in formation, and Dane walks by her and barely in a whisper says, change your mind. Why doesn't he whisper some advice? I know. <laughs> you know? Style. No, it's really not his style. Violet's like, no. And he's like, change your mind. And he like grabs her hand. He's like, please. Like he'd be a lot less stressed if he was like helping her figure out a solution instead of leaving her to do it on her own. Yeah. So he insists, uh, he insists that she can't. No, no, no. She insists that she can't. Dane begs more. Um, and he says, I don't know if I can watch. And she's like, then close your eyes. <laughs> and then he says, what changed between the parapet and now? And Violet stares into his eyes and says, me. <laughs> the drama. Um, I did have a prediction, which isn't true, but I feel like I should say it because I thought it. I predicted that Zayden's shadows were going to help her up the chimney Ooh, as, his, as, as his favor to her. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like the right, the only way isn't the right way or whatever he said. <laughs> but, oh but he was going to help her cheat a little bit because yeah. he owed her a favor. 
I love that. I wish that happened. Yeah, yeah I love waiting. that. I love that. But I also think Zayden is like still very much like, I need you to get stronger, bitch, because we rebelling. <laughs> we rebel at dawn. Yeah, yeah. Because he did say like, you know, if you're cheating, like how you're not are you going to get better. You're not going to get better. Mm-hmm. So the chapter jumps to an hour later. Violet's on the gauntlet. Third ascent. Thr- Let me start over. (laughs) Chapter jumps to an hour later. She's on the gauntlet. Three ascents completed. Only two more to go. The fourth being the chimney that she's never gone over. And the last being an obstacle she has never even attempted because she can't get past the fourth. So she makes it to the chimney. She takes one of the ropes that's there to like have you catch yourself and drags it over the top of the chimney using it as leverage to scale the chimney instead of running up it, which is I think what most people do. I was getting confused between the ramp and the chimney. Um, And someone's like, can she do that? Um, But she's doing it. And uh, she makes it to the top. Her squad's cheering her on. She's at the final ascent, a ramp made of wood that juts out 10 feet from the cliff wall, then curves upward like the inside of a bowl, the highest point level with the cliff, cliff 10 feet above. She's too short. But Zayden's words ring in her head. The right way isn't the only way. She runs full speed at and up the ramp. When she, when she feels the feeling of like, starting to fall back like gravity pulling her back down she swings her arm out and slams a dagger into the wood ramp using it to fling herself up the last foot and throws herself over the top she made it can you i just want everyone to like sit and think about the crazy amount of upper body strength that that would take to fully catch yourself as you are falling with by slamming a dagger into wood yeah. and you're just like holding it with one hand like pure adrenaline that would dislocate my shoulder literally literally i mean she obviously does get like a little beat up but it's just like crazy i mean adrenaline can make you do like some crazy things like when your life you're up against you know death you're you can do a lot of things but like i was like that's fucking wild yeah you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of when harry's in the triwizard tournament fighting the dragon huh very on theme but then he summons his broom and yeah kind of like cheating but not cheating yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of. of the box thinking outside yeah. of the box thinking yeah i think what i love the most though is like she doesn't think i've made it until she grabs the dagger yes because she it's a part of her it's her, well yeah it's like a technicality and i think that just shows like how clever and yeah, like yeah. intelligent she really because if she left it they could argue she was like right still yeah argument doesn't stand she wouldn't have made it yeah right right so she yeah so she swings herself up and she's like i'm on top of the cliff and she's still like explaining i'm like um where's the relief of i made it am i confused or something is there another obstacle but no she gets on her stomach reaches back down and rips out the dagger and puts it back on her vest which i think is so smart yes because of what is about to happen yes so Rhiannon and Riddick run over to her, hugging her so proud. And they're like, you made it. And Amber fucking Mavis, Dane's former love interest, which this just speaks volume about his character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She runs over, cheating. Uh, She's the wing leader from the third wing. 
and she was Dane's quote-unquote close friend last year. She's pissed, storming towards Zayden, who was like bored recording everyone's times. And Garrick, I really like him. He's always on Violet's side. I like Garrick too. He steps in between Amber and Zayden, telling her to back the hell up, like don't call my, my cadet a cheater, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, the cheater clearly used foreign materials not once, but twice. It's not to be tolerated. We live by the rules or we die by them. Oh my God, that's so annoying. Like, you you annoying. read that perfectly. You yeah, read that you perfectly. The voice. Um, and it's very <laughs> annoying of Dane, but kind of on brand that he's with like the rule follower. I know. And she you even know? says that. Violet even thinks that. She's like, Ugh, of course you got along with Dane. Yeah. But you know what's so ironic that I just realized for the first time? Like, if that was his close friend last year, they broke the rules because she would have been his above superior. rank yeah. yeah and he like calls out all the time for violet but and that's like, why he's like close friend close friend yeah okay yeah i also was like this it's just so annoying there's just like no rules here like they keep saying the codex the codex but like show me the codex because there doesn't seem to be a single rule people are dying left and right yeah <laughs> literally literally get over yourself um so Zayden's kind of like Sorengale. What's he just says that, but he's like, "What's your defense, basically?" And she said, "I expect a thirty-second penalty for using the rope." And he and Amber's like, "Uh, and the knife? She's disqualified. You can't tolerate lawlessness within your own wing, Ryerson." I love your dramatic reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Zayden's gaze. This whole time never leaves Violet. He's just waiting for her to respond. And Violet starts quoting the Codex, which is infuriating Amber even more. She's like, are you quoting the Codex to me? And she's like, yeah, I'm the daughter of like the general. I know this stuff. Yeah. And uh, but the Codex says that any items brought with you over the parapet becomes a part of the rider. And she says this blade the dagger that she used to swing herself up on the ramp isn't a challenge blade it's one i carried across and therefore considered a part of myself which is what holly was saying when she reached down and made sure she got the dagger and put it back on herself kind of reinforces her point that that is her she is it um and zayden like is smiling and he's like she has you amber and amber's like on a technicality (laughs) Which, yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. It qualifies. And Zayden's like, she still has you. And Amber, like, storms off. She's like, you think like a scribe. And Violet's like, I know. Like, that's such a dumb argument by Amber. She's like, uh, like, like, it's not the idea of a rule that makes it a rule. It's literally the words of the rule is how you decide if a rule is broken. Yeah, for sure. Um, But the chapter ends with Rhiannon helping her wrap her hands that were all torn up because they were like bleeding uncontrollably ran in like she rips off her sh- violet rips off her shirt sleeves and her ran and helps her wrap them and they watch their their remaining squad mates make it up the cliff the last sentence final thought we all make it yeah that was a nice victory that was a nice victory i also was wondering what was amber's plan like if you don't make it up the gauntlet, then you die. Was Amber just gonna kill her? Gonna execute but her? Do you die, or like, do you have to go back down and do it again, or no, something? No, you die. die. It's you do it or you die. So yeah, but they never they say that meaning like I always thought they said that meaning like you get through it or you like fall off and die like you never make. I it. think they would probably kill her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I was that even. Seems so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. <laughs> There's perfectly good stairs. Yeah. <laughs> right there. The stairs are right there. But it's all about like having the skills you need to be able to ride a dragon. So it's like, does she have those skills? It's so crazy because you like need the skills to ride a dragon, but then you also could just be a fucking professor. Yeah, true. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, it's like if, you, if why can't the people who fail go be scribes? I just. The death seems unnecessary, yeah. but whatever. Okay, chapter 12, our final chapter today. Should you uh, do the honors once again? Oh, sure. Thank You're you. You're so surprised every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this intro quote is from The Field Guide to Dragonkind, and it says, Presentation day is unlike any other. The air is ripe with possibilities and possibly the stench of sulfur from a dragon who has been offended. Never look a red in the eye. Never back down from a green. If you show trepidation to a brown, well, just don't. To a brown? Mm-hmm. Brown dragon. What does trepidation mean? Like hesitation. Yeah. Or oh, unsureness, okay. uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uncertainty, man. You better make a decision. That would be my downfall. <laughs> okay. So the chapter opens. It's the end of the gauntlet. 169 people survived. So really only two died on the gauntlet because there was 171 at the beginning. So Violet wasn't the slowest, even with her 32nd penalty. And her squad came in 11th out of 36 squads. But who was the fastest? I didn't write it, but Liam. <laughs> so future big character, I suppose, was teased a little here. Liam, he was the fat. He had the fastest time on the gauntlet. But again, that almost makes me like, what does that mean? Because Brennan says, you know, don't be the fastest. He just says there's no need to be the fastest. Yeah. Um, it's better to live than to get there the fastest. Yeah. So up next... They're presented to the dragons. Um, so I want to note that Violet has. Okay. I want to note that Violet has started to take note that a lot of people second years and above have patches on their arms. So she said this throughout the book so far, but I've kind of just like blown past it. Like I don't really care about your patches, but it seems important because it keeps coming up. And she's also kind of realized that Zayden doesn't have any patches. So some have a patch for you know like Dane had one to indicate that his signet ability is a secret confidential others have it for their achievements but Zayden has none which is very interesting because he's a wing leader and he's obviously like badass that is interesting um his his is oh is his confidential though like he doesn't he doesn't wear a patch because he said he wanted to keep it a secret right like people don't know what his signet is or does he? No, you wear a patch if your signet is confidential. Oh. You have a patch indicating okay. that it is confidential. So I don't know. He has no patches though, which is just interesting because everyone else does. And like, it's kind of, it seems like everyone's wearing them like a badge of honor, like to show how badass they are. And it's just like, everyone just knows Zayden's badass. So he doesn't need to wear patches. It's giving a Girl Scout patches. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's so true. That's so funny. That's so true. <laughs> Like you dress up as a Girl Scout and people are like, are you a Girl Scout for Halloween? You're like, no, I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see these patches? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Garrick, so they're they're starting to get some, you know, pointers as they walk through presentation. So Garrick suggests to them to stay seven feet apart so that if a dragon decides they don't like one of them and they torch them, it will only hit one and not hit someone else's like collateral damage. Yikes. That would be the worst way to go. As Just like as collateral damage. damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And being burned alive as collateral damage. Yeah. So... Luca, one of the cadets, asks Garrick or brings up to Garrick that he heard from one of the previous squads that there was a feather tail at the presentation, which doesn't make any sense because there was not one in the original 100 that were shown to them of being the ones willing to bond. And feather tails don't really bond. Like you were saying, they don't like violence, so they don't really bond. And Garrick says, I can't even remember the last time one has been outside of the veil. It's probably just curious. Again, I wrote, this will obviously be the black feather tail and Violet's dragon. It's not black, but it's still going to be Violet's dragon for sure. Um, so the squad is handed off to, the, to a senior wing leader who gives them their final instructions before presentation. She tells them to talk to their nearby squad mates while you're on the path as it will help the dragons get a sense of who you are and how well you play with others. There's a correlation between bonded cadets and level of chatter. She then adds, feel free to look at the dragons, especially if they're showing off their tails, but I would abstain from eye contact if you value your life. Yeah, so these, they say this and then everyone just immediately disregards the rules. They're like... Yeah, that yeah, the dragons are listening to you. See how you play well with, well with others, and then they're like insulting the dragons. They're <laughs> fighting with each other. I yeah. was like, idiots, idiots. Yeah. So they're walking down. I picture this as like just like a little path with dragons lined up on either side. How do the dragons know it's presentation today? I think that they're just smarter than the human. They just know, and they're also. I think when you're bonded, you can talk to your dragon. But these are unbonded. That's true. Don't you think dragons can talk to each other? So like the bonded dragons tell them? I don't know. I mean. I don't know anything. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They must. Okay. Interesting. Um, So they're walking down the aisle. Dragons on either side. Violet keeps her eyes down toward their shoulders and below. Various conversations are breaking out. I'm going to kind of like roll over them. But Tynan is trying to figure out which breeds of the dragons are. Violet's telling him you're not supposed to know. She's asking Rhiannon if her sister is having a niece or a nephew. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rules of they're talking about the rules of not being able to write to your families for a year. Like she's having a very nice conversation with her friend. Um, Tynan is just uh, horrible. He's talking about the dragons. He's talking about how hot Violet's sister is. He's talking about Violet's sister's ass in front of the dragons. And I'm like, the dragons can hear you. Yes. And then and then he's also like, how'd your sister get all the hotness and you got nothing to Violet? It was crazy. He was like, she literally told you guys to show your character. Yes. He, he's showing his character. Yeah, guys. that's true. That's true. Um, so then finally, Rhiannon asks why Violet didn't tell her about her plan for the gauntlet. She's kind of hurt that Violet didn't trust her. But Violet assures her she thought of it last minute. And if it, if it didn't work, she didn't want Rhi to like be an accomplice. And they make a cute little pact that they will always tell the other if one of them needs help and that one and they can provide it. Um, and at the end of the path, 
I'm kind of jumping now, but at the end of the path, there's a small golden feather tail dragon. It's Holly. It's me. It's Holly. <laughs> it's my debut. <laughs> Probably only a few feet taller than Violet. Tynan, I hate him, says, who the hell would bond with that thing? And Violet's like, they can hear you. And he's like, it's fucking yellow. So not... <laughs> I can't. I literally can't help but like storyteller. I can't help it. I love the voices you're pulling out of nowhere. He's like, so not only is it obviously too small to carry a rider in battle, but it's not even powerful enough to be a real color. And I wrote in all caps, just like Violet's hair. (laughs) But yeah, that's a great point. But. It's kind of fucked up because, like, yellow is a color. What do you mean? Yeah, I was like, what, is, what, what does that mean? She's gold, guys. Yeah, she's, she's gold. gold. Yellow is it. She's, she's bejeweled. Like, she's, she's, yeah, she is bejeweled. Yeah, she's like an elite color. Yeah. She's sparkly. Um, so they're all... yellow. I love that. <laughs> they're all, like, commenting back and forth trying to figure out, like, what the fuck this dragon is. Violet's pretty much silent. And, and Tynan, unprovoked, said... It's a mistake, all right. You should totally bond it, Soren Gale. You're both freakishly weak. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Bitch. You just, like, just sent, your death certificate was just printed right in this like, moment. You couldn't be stupider than insulting a dragon to its face when they just told you they can understand you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also, previously, we predicted that she was going to get the black dragon that they learned about in class. Mm-hmm. That they were like, oh, yeah. There's one more black dragon, like the, the general tail. General Melgren has the other one. It's super powerful, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's not going to come bond. So we thought that one was going to be hers. And now, I mean, I think she's going to bond with this gold dragon, but it's like very different than what I thought. Like I thought she was going to get the black dragon and have the and, best and dragon, have the best dragon. Best everyone power. was going to respect her. And now she's going to have this runty little golden dragon and everyone's going to make fun of her still. And she's going to yeah. still like be even more of an underdog until you know? their first battle. And then that, I bet it's going to give her like a sick signet power and she's going to do something fucking crazy because she's small. She's going to be able to like dodge into like a little, valley or something <laughs> i don't know feather tails don't like violence they heal she's gonna heal people i don't know you guys are all over the place <laughs> <laughs> i don't know either um but okay so fuck i don't know okay so violet responds she's been like quiet while they're all like bickering or whatever but she then she's like looks powerful enough to burn you to death you just sealed your bonding right there by defending that thing, you know? (laughs) Um, um, But this was, this was a big no, no. What he said about Violet, he called a squad mate weak in front of unbonded dragons. Everyone is pissed in the squad. He like, well, half of them is pissed at him in the squad and they all start fighting because some people are on Tynan's side and he's like, they're like, what you are weak, blah, blah, blah. And, um, they're like just turning on each other without their leader there. It looks so bad. I was like cringing reading this. I was like, can you just stop fighting and put on your best behavior for 30 seconds? I know. My God. I know. But Violet's kind of recognizing that when they don't have their leaders or like in front of or overseeing them, they kind of just like lost all respect for each other and turned but on each other. Dragons. <laughs> yeah. But I guess they just like don't really think they just think of them as pets. I think like you can even see that in like 
this guy whose name I still can't pronounce. Tynan. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> even him being like, I'm going to pick. Which one do I want to bond with? Yeah. It's like, no, That's homie. not how it works. That's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they start walking. Oh, wait. Yeah, Luca, and also, like, I haven't mentioned a lot of her quotes, but she's, like, especially a bitch. She comments on the dragons. She's like, they're honestly a little underwhelming after seeing that blue at Parapet. Like, you're fucking crazy. Do you want to get bonded or not? Yeah, it's nuts. Um, So they start walking back, and Violet brings up, you know, the stories of, there's no way I know I'm going to know how to say this, but Wyvern. Wyvern. They're similar to dragons, but bigger with two feet instead of four, a mane of razor sharp feathers and a taste for humans. So they, uh, they're re and by are laughing about the stories. And Luca is like such a bitch. They're talking about this to try to like distract them from all the dragons, like eyeing them and like trying to have a good time and like not freak the fuck out or pee their pants. And Luca is just such a bitch. She's rolling her eyes at them. But their fun is stopped short when a red dragon steps out of line and just blasts Pryor, which I, which is a cadet that I never mentioned, um, right in front of Rhiannon, who's in front of Violet. So they're like mid-conversation talking about these like old stories they were told as a kid. And a red dragon just like steps out of nowhere and just fucking blasts Pryor. Like because that. he was hesitating. He, he was Ooh. uncertain about what to do. And you can't be like that with a dragon. Well, As we learned in our quote at the start of the show. Indecision. Yeah, yeah. It's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Also, they were talking about the wyvern, wyvern thing for so long. I almost was like, Does, is this going to come up? Do the rebels have these things? Like, yeah. why are they describing them so much? But I don't we'll really see. know. We'll see. Um but so so they're like shocked, but they're like, we got to keep on walking. And Luca's like, oh, my God, the smell. And Violet turns around to tell Luca to have some decency. But when she does, so it's like the order was Pryor who got blasted, then Rhiannon, then Vi, then Riddick, who we like, and then Luca. And she turns around to like be like, have some decency, Luca. But when she turns around, she sees Riddick's face and his eyes are like wide as saucers, mouth hanging open. He's like, Violet. (laughs) And she turns around and sees two green dragons staring at her. She bows like she has read she is supposed to. They're not like just staring at her. They've like fully come up to the path and are like looking at her. And um, she bows as she's learned that that's how you're supposed to approach a green dragon. She hears one of them like almost like clear their throat or like gurgle their throat, which she thinks is what the sound must be indicating their approval. And she lifts her head and they're even closer. One of them is like nudging her wrapped hands with their giant nose, which I would literally pee my pants. But (laughs) she tells them that she cut her hands on the obstacle course. And then they both start just like sniffing all over her chest. And she's like, raising up her arms and she all of a sudden starts laughing and she realizes she smell she says you smell tea don't you how do you say the name teen she's like you smell teen don't you which is her sister's dragon and they back up and kind of stare at her and she tells them i'm mira's sister violet she collected teen scales after he shed them last year and had them shrunk down so she could sew them into the vest to help keep me safe 
The scales have saved me a few times, but no one else knows they're in there. Just Mira and Teen. She then bows again because it just feels like what she's supposed to do. And they sniff her a little bit more and then just retreat back to their place in line. That was so cool. I also they mentioned before that you can talk to your bonded dragon, but clearly you can talk to other dragons as well. Like they can understand her. So I think bonded dragon you talk to with your mind. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But you could like kind of like a dog just like talk to them. But I thought it was cute. It it kind of made the dragons less scary to me and less ruthless. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. more like sweet. It literally said it was like a dog, like curious, yeah. like yeah. smelling, yeah. Smelling her. And also, like, I feel like that should have won her some points with the rest of the squad. Yeah. She's like a dragon whisperer. Yeah. Yeah. And they clearly approve of her because yeah. they were right up against her. Like, we're smelling her, looking at her. They Didn't blast her. Didn't blast her. Yeah. And this is, the, this is the best part of the whole chapter, which just shows how into this world I am to where I now think this is okay. But <laughs> everyone is, like, sighing of relief, like, that Violet's fine. Um and they keep walking. Violet tells Ree about the scales and Ree promises to keep them a secret. Do you think she'll tell eventually? I Rhi hope not. Is good? I hope she seems like she's going to be an OG friend. I she hope. does seem like a ride or die. I hope they stay friends. Yeah, me too. But that me made too. me nervous. I don't know. It was like <laughs> one sentence though, where it's like, I told Ree and she agreed to keep a secret. And I'm like, I didn't get the whole conversation, so I didn't get her vibe, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So then the stupid bitch Luke is like, honestly, I thought they were going to eat you. And Violet's like, oh, yeah, me too. And Riddick's like, you're insufferable. And Luca continues. She's like, what? She's obviously obviously our weakest link after Pryor, and I don't blame them for for snuffing him out. But her speech is cut off by a blast of heat. She's literally... Talking shit in mid-sentence just gets fucking blasted and killed. And Riddick mutters, guess the dragons think she's insufferable too. I was like, thank God. <laughs> and the last line of the chapter is, our squad is down to six first years. Crazy. Yeah, we knew that was foreshadowing. We knew they it. Said they were the only squad intact. Yeah. I'm sad that two of the people who died, I... We're nice, though. Well, I don't really know Pryor. No, but he was just kind of like... He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Yeah. He wasn't annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So, really good chapters. Lots of learning. I have so much hope for Violet. I'm just so excited for Threshing. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited to see how it works. I'm excited to see how what dragon everyone gets. I'm a little bit nervous about what dragon Jack Harlow is going to get. Mm. and what power he's gonna get um so i think let's make a predict i think he's gonna get the orange ones are the unpredictable ones right yep i think jack harlow gets unpredictable one what if jack harlow gets like the black one so is your final vote you think violet's getting goldie i think violet has to get goldie it like makes physical sense it's the only one she can get yeah She yeah. can't dig a knife into their back to swing herself up every time. Yeah. But maybe, have you guys ever seen How to Train a Dragon? No. Yes. <gasps> I love that movie. Me too. But the the dragon has like a broken wing. And so the rider, he like creates a 
structure to kind of like help it fly and he controls it like with his foot so if she does get a big dragon maybe she'll do something like creative like that like makes a little saddle with a step or something true true she's very she's very crafty like that but yeah. i think she's i think she's gonna get the golden Me one too. um it's just like like who else would get the golden one yeah you know mm-hmm. who else mm-hmm. um i hope i hope rhiannon gets a dragon like i hope all the main people aren't unbonded and I hope Jack Harlow is unbonded. But I'm. <laughs> but yeah. I hope Tynan doesn't get bonded. I hope Tynan doesn't get bonded. And I'm excited to see how Threshing, just like how that actually works. Um, and like what drama goes down. Is that chapter 13? Are we, yeah, are we- you're going into like the best <gasps> Oh my chapters. God. Okay, I'm so excited. I do I do feel bad, Hallie. You'll have to send over your notes on chapter 13 because we did get a text Give me chapter 13 or give me death. I was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was denied. You weren't denied. I was just, I'm here this week That's so we could true. all record in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, this is genuinely so good. And I wish I didn't, and I don't know what this says about me, but every time I read like a really fucking good book, I'm like, I just want this to be a movie. Oh, I would love this as a movie. This will definitely be a movie. Yeah, for sure. Or a TV show. Yeah. Wait, which would you rather have? TV show. TV show mm, that would be fun like how Akatar is going to be a tv show because you have to be able to go Hopefully. in depth for these types of like world building things i think they're always better as a show yeah you but you so could much. make like you could make um each book like probably a like movie. three movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> because i could kind of see this as a movie because it moves so much quicker like i feel like with Akatar, there's true. so much slow build that it like has to be a movie to, or or has to be a TV show so that you could properly display the build because the build is part of it. That's a great point, actually. Whereas, like, this is so action-packed, it could be a movie because you could consolidate it more, but I also think it could be, like, three movies and it would still be action-packed each time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, either way, I'll take what I can get as long as it's it's uh, well-funded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for joining, Holly. Do you have any final thoughts on these chapters? That you didn't get to voice over? I don't think so. Get ready. We'll have to have you back. Oh, we're good. Because I really just feel like you bring in the layer that like was Izzy last season that we're, we're kind yes, of missing. Yes, yes, yes. You, yeah. the comments you made have my wheels turning. The shadows, <laughs> the, the shadows. shadows. <laughs> Is he intentionally protecting her? I don't know, but Holly's got But I love this new lens because it was kind of just like the quote about Violet's mom it was like not revealing anything but just enough to have like a different lens while now reading sentences and stuff she Rebecca is really good at dropping bread breadcrumbs that really are breadcrumbs yeah like yeah like I never know like the black dragon she dropped that and I was like okay like I know it's important is it gonna be Violet who is it gonna be if it's not Violet who's getting the black dragon if it's not Violet I'm ready for your predictions. That Jack. I'm really nervous it's going to be Jack. <laughs> Jack Harlow. That would be the worst, I, it wouldn't would it? It would suck if he was like, oh, that's going to be mine, and then he actually gets it. Like, that would suck. That would suck. But aren't they really ruthless, and he's ruthless, so I can see that being a It's a feather match. tail, though. No, it's not. Oh. Yeah. It's a club tail. No. Oh. You guys are all wrong. <laughs> Wait, let me I love look you it up. dearly, but no, it's No, like I a, thought that the black no. dragon wasn't even there to bond. It's like a morning star, and I might be... Oh, no, I hear. I have the quote. A student asks about the black dragon, the rarest of dragons. Professor 
projects the dragon, which is the only other black dragon besides General Melgrin's. He's the biggest a morning star tail, yes, which yeah. makes him deadly smart rare. There hasn't Definitely. been one born in the last century. They're the most cunning. But but Jack Jack Harlow asks how to approach him to his professor's bronze. You don't. He but he's not even he's not even willing to bond. Yeah, but like he's like, he has to be important. The black dragon, like at Maybe, some point. Oh my god. Okay, wait. I know you haven't watched Izzy, but Violet, have you watched um Violet? <laughs> Am I Violet? <laughs> what an honor. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy <laughs> I mean, you are. Yeah, basically. You are. Bleach my little tips. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I need to get back to reality. But have you seen Avatar? Yes. Okay, you know how Jake bonds with their dragon thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're yeah. flying things. I don't know what they're called, though. I don't either. But then later, when he's, like, taking over as, like, kind of leader of the tribe for battle, he, he like goes and rebonds with the badass dragon that no one has ever bonded with that like is really scary oh, intimidating i don't know i feel like when i read this the first time it's like you could go either way i think they both like in a weird way fit violet yeah, yeah. so like it's tough that's a tough one to predict but i feel like tomorrow in the book the next chapter <laughs> she bonds with goldie after Goldie, I think that like there's gonna be a pivotal moment where she's like, I need the fucking black dragon. Give me the black dragon. And she goes out and gets the fucking black dragon. <laughs> no, I like she that. goes to the fucking veil and gets the black dragon. Well, my the only reason I said what if Jack Harlow gets the black dragon is because it has to be like a main character who gets the black dragon. Totally, and, totally. I, and though I can't see it being like Rhiannon. But it's not willing to bond, so I don't think it's smart. Well, and feather tails are not supposed to bond. So it's interesting that these are the two that we're focusing on the predictions because yeah. really neither of them. But the feather tail was at presentation day, so you like but assume it's going to bond tomorrow. True, they did say maybe it's just curious it though. Could just be curious, yeah, because no, they've never bonded before. And then it's a violent. It doesn't. Thing. It doesn't like violence. Like, is that really going to be helpful? I don't know, Holly. I don't know. Maybe she does get the black dragon now. What if she like literally doesn't bond? That would be spicy. What if she, we didn't even I, throw out that? No, because I can't. Because she's our main character. Like, but she, she, could, the dragon. she could not bond. That would be honestly crazy if she didn't bond and then was like, "Oh fuck no!" and walks her at little ass up to the veil and bonds with the black dragon. She you would never. She would literally you never. Read. What? If, yeah. What if? What if she runs away because she's and not runs bonding and runs the, into the black dragon and they bond. What if she tries to run away to the scribe quadrant and just <gasps> happens upon the black the black dragon and they bond in the woods? Wait, I love that. It and they cu- and she and she just woods. and she Contact. just flies back and she just flies back on the black yeah. dragon. Everyone's like, oh yeah. my god! Yeah, and Jack Carlo's like talking shit about how she's probably dead somewhere and she flies back in on the black dragon. Oh my, should we write this book? <laughs> if this doesn't happen, I'm gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> I hope it's something dramatic like that. Okay, but I what, love if, that. what if we were just like we just said the plot? Like, what if that's it? That that would be crazy. I think if we did, Holly would be like actually freaking yeah, out right now yeah, though. Same. But your face does look a little tense. <laughs> I do appreciate the thoughts. We've thrown the commentary. a lot of theories. We've thrown yeah. out a lot of theories. But I think that most likely she bonds with Goldie and then at some point she rebonds with Black Dragon. 
I like that. Yeah. She's going to bond in like an untraditional way. Like mm-hmm. she's going to think she's not going to be unbonded. And then either Goldie or Black Dragon, I don't know, is going to st- like come last minute or something. I don't know. She is an untraditional character. Yeah. Oh okay. Golly. Okay. Well, I can't really wait to riling read. me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. Wait well, like, <laughs> follow, subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Holly for joining us and being a fabulous guest. So fun. Don't forget to follow, subscribe on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. Leave a, leave a five-star review. Leave a five, leave us five stars and leave us a review. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at gals on topic. Follow us on TikTok at gals on topic. And we'll see you next episode. Bye guys. Bye.